حول كلهم كانوا يلوحذبون بنفس وحدة على الصلاة والتلبة مع النساء ومريم أم يسوع ومع أخوته عمال واحد أربطاشر ولما حضر يوم الخمسين كان الجميع معا بنفس واحدة أما المعل اثنان واحد Good morning. I'm so honored to be here. I'm really humbled by your generosity, and we will uh, full-fed these two days, added so many kilometers, kilograms, so I cannot even uh, be uh, in a good shape. <laughs> I'm so sorry for that. <clears throat> Thank God for re uh, to be reconnected with this great church, a great family of God doing a great job for God's kingdom. Uh, they read verses from the book of Acts. I will read it in English for you so you can understand well what they really shared with you. Act 1.14, Act 1.14. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Act 2.1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Act 2.44. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Together. A very powerful word being used so many times, especially in the beginning of Book of Acts. The Book of Acts is the real history of the first church. A great church, the fastest growing church in all the history of mankind. From few hundreds, at the day of Pentecost became 3,500. After few, maybe days or weeks, they became 10,000 at least without children. Growing like fire. What was the secret? Why they grew without a building? without microphones, without satellite, no facility, no money. How they grew that fast, changing the history in that way. I think one of the great secrets of that church is this word, together. They all were together, even before the day of Pentecost. At the day of Pentecost, after the day of Pentecost, they were all together with one heart, one soul, one account, one goal. This is why God enabled them and used them in a mighty way to bring thousands and thousands. And as the book of Acts saying that every day God was adding new believers to the church. Every day there was salvations. People coming to Christ, convicted, repenting, and coming back to the Father, together. Why this word is so strong like that? Why the emphasis here about being together is important? First of all, I think, because together is the practical expression of love. If you love somebody, you want to be with him. Yes or no? 
If you really love your spouse, your wife, your husband, you want to be with her. You want to be with him. You want to spend more time. You want to hold hands. You want to travel together because you, you love her and you love him. Together, because we love one another, we want to be together, close to one another. This pandemic, COVID-19, separated us from one another. We had to keep a distance. And this is exactly what the world, what this world wanting us to be separated from one another. Distancing ourselves from one another. Inside the home, even in the church and among churches, not together. But the first century believed in something else. Loving one another as Jesus commanded us. Love one another as I have loved you. By this the world will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. And the practical application of loving one another to be together. The modern church. We come together for a worship. For an hour or two. And then we go home. But this first church, they were together every day for hours and hours and hours. It was a small church. No, as I said, in a few weeks, they became 10,000, a mega church without a building. But they were together because they loved one another. And they wanted to be close to one another. And by this, God gave them favor in the sight of the whole city, of the whole people around them. Because it's very strange. Men and women, poor and rich, Gentile and Jew, are one in Christ. They are one. Sharing everything they have. So nobody had any need because of the love and giving and sharing and becoming really one family. One body, one bride, for one groom, for Jesus. Together is the expression of love. Are we still love one another the same way? Do we want to be together? All together. Not in a one local church, but the believers in the city. All the believers to be together. They want to meet. We want to stay. We want to spend more time together because the power of love binding us with one another. The second importance of being together is that we need one another. We need one another. I don't have everything and you don't have everything, but together we have everything. Do you understand the difference? Like in the body, I'm only one organ. I may be the eye or the ear. I might be the, the stomach or the appendix. But I'm just one organ having something special. But I'm not complete unless we are together. When we are together, one body, so we can perform. We can do whatever God may call us to do. Together we are complete, but if we are not together, we are incomplete. 
God granted this church the authority to cast demons, to heal the sick, to perform signs and wonders, to open the eyes and the ears of the society, Jews and Gentiles, to hear the gospel and to give them the opportunity to accept Christ or to reject him. But at least the doors were opened because of the authority given to the church. Do we have the same authority? Why? Why not? Because we are not together. God is granted the authority to the church, not to individuals. And otherwise, the individual will take the glory for themselves. But if the authority given to the body of Christ together, then nobody will take the glory. Nobody will take the, the, the credit. Only Jesus will have it all because he is all in all. Together, because of loving one another is the most important thing, is the real miracle by which the, the world will believe that the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they are one. A believer from non-Christian background came to faith in Christ. He came to Christianity and he found that we are so divided. We are Protestant, Orthodox, Catholic, and the Protestant are so many denominations. He said, I'm so sorry. I came from a divided religion, not to another divided religion. Bye-bye, I'm going back. I don't belong here. I thought you are one. I thought you are one. The first church was really one. This is why the people would easily see the grace of God, God's presence, and the power of their message together. But the first thing that they did together, not only loving one another and sharing the resources together, but the first thing that they did together, even before the day of Pentecost, they were together Praying, praying, praying. They believed in the, in the power of the corporate prayer. Not only each one will pray individually in his quiet time in his bedroom, but they were together praying and praying and praying, believing that the power of prayer, the corporate prayer in unity will bring heaven will allow them to receive the power of the Holy Spirit, will allow them to be led by the Spirit, will allow them to perform what Jesus did, and maybe more than that. This is the first thing that we read about together. They all joined together constantly, constantly in prayer. Constantly, all together, most of the churches now, uh, the prayer meeting is a group of intercessors. They come and pray for the rest of the church. Sorry. <laughs> this is a completely different here example that all together, constantly they are praying. Praying, asking what? Asking their safety, asking their security, 
asking that God will blind the Jewish so they can survive after the resurrection of Christ. I'm so sorry. They prayed a completely different prayer. This is what we can read in Acts chapter 4, starting from verse 24. After being threatened the first time, they were arrested after healing this crippled man in the, in the temple, and they were arrested, uh, uh, Peter and John, and went back to the body, to the body, to the family together, and told them about the threatening they received from the Jewish leaders. They did what? All the believers were together again and had everything, sorry, all, when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God, sovereign Lord. They said, you made the heavens and earth and the sea and everything in them. You are the almighty God. Nothing is impossible for you. What do you want to ask for? What's your request? Verse 29, now Lord, Consider their threats and enable your servant to speak your word with great boldness. Again, enable your servant to speak your word, the gospel, with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed... Such a prayer, not praying for their safety, not praying for their security, not praying for God will defend them and keep them safe from the hands of the Jewish leaders. Praying for God to stretch his hand, to perform wonders and miracles, to enable them to speak the word of God boldly. God was so happy, was so happy. Wow, they are good believers. <laughs> They are my children. They understand what I commanded them to do. He clapped. He clapped them. Well done. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all, again, all, filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God Boldly. They were constantly praying together for the propagation of the gospel. Constantly praying for the salvation of their nation. Not for themselves. For thy kingdom come. Thy will be done as in heaven, so on earth. Glorify the name of Christ. Stretch your hand, rend heaven, come down, open the doors for us to speak your word boldly. Enable us to do that. We want to glorify the name of Christ. Together, together, they managed to pray the right prayer, enabling them to bring heaven on earth and in the same time to be enabled to speak the word of God Boldly. Jesus told them this secret. The secret of united prayer for his kingdom. In John 14, 12 to 14, Jesus said that. Very truly I, to I tell you, 
Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these. Whoever, whoever believes in me, he will do what I was doing and even great. We believe in Christ. Right, right or wrong? We believe, you are believers, right? We believe in him. But we don't do what he did. <laughs> Where is the problem? He said the secret. The secret he said here. Because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name. And I will do it. Ask anything in my name and I will do it. Anything? Anything in my name. Okay. Okay, anything. Two Mercedes. Two cottages. Anything? You said anything. Here is the context. Of anything. What I did. You will do it. And do greater things. By my power. By asking me to do what I did. And if you ask me to do what I did. I will do it. And even I will do greater things. Than the things that I did. While I was on earth. So here anything. Not concerning about the wealth. About the health about our comfort, about our security. They, they knew that. When the threat came, they prayed the same prayer that he told them. Lord, stretch your hand. Do what you did before. And do even greater things. Enable us to speak your word boldly. So many years ago, God challenged us. As a church, very small, believers very few in Egypt at that time. Very few, a minority among a minority. We have no influence. We have no voice. We are not reaching the people around in the society. To try to apply this, to pray together, such a prayer, Lord, stretch your hand, do what you did, and do greater things. And by that, enabling us to speak your word boldly. And we started to pray what we call it the crazy prayer. We call it the crazy prayer. The crazy prayer that so many people in our community, we cannot go to them. So many hurdles, so many barriers. They are so far. They are so blind. Even if we preach your word, they will understand. Okay, Lord. You did that with Saul of Tarsus in his way to Damascus. You appeared to him. The one persecuting the church. You made him the greatest apostle preaching the gospel. So why not to do it again? But this time, we don't want this to be done only with one person. We are asking for 100,000 to be visited by you in a vision or a dream. 
and reveal yourself and send them back to us and we will do the rest of the job. We will baptize them, which is the easy thing. Crazy. But this is not for us. This is for his glory, for the salvation of our people. After a while, we started to see people coming. I have been seen by Jesus, uh, visited by Jesus. I had a vision. I had a dream. In the middle of the day, Jesus appeared to me in the sky. In the middle of my bedroom, Jesus appeared all of a sudden. Sitting on my chair in the, in the living room, I could see Jesus coming from the window, looking at me and going from the door. Strange stories. And said to ourselves, it works, it works, it works. Let's go on, let's go on, it works, it works. Let's pray more and more. Let's gather the believers. Let's cry out to the Lord. Lord, shake the nations, shake the nation, shake the nation. Reveal yourself, make yourself known to your enemy. Rent heaven. And I, I, I give a testimony. I testify in front of you that... The last 20 years, especially the last 12 years, since the Arabic Spring up till now, we have seen millions, millions came to Christ. Millions. In Egypt, in Iraq, in the middle of the crisis, and God used ISIS in a very special way. In Syria, in Lebanon, we have been there. I'm traveling across the Middle East. The power of prayer. The God of heaven and earth, the almighty God, Jesus. He can do it. And do even greater things. We have seen greater things. We have seen people being transferred from one place to another place. Physically. Just to save them. God saved them from the hands of their families. Not to be killed. He transferred them. We have seen people raised from the dead. In the name of Christ. Signs and wonders. Becoming very easy for those coming from a non-Christian background. They are exactly experiencing what the first church in the first history experienced in the, in the beginning. They believe in him. They have seen him in, 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 in dreams, in visions. He is there with them. So he, they believe in him. They cast out demons. They heal the sick. And multitudes coming to Christ. What we cannot do by our hands, we can do by our knees. Together. Together the power of love. And together the power of prayer. The power of love will demonstrate the beauty of the family of God. The power of love will demonstrate the mighty power of the hands of the Lord.
And then together, we preach the gospel. Enable us to speak your word boldly. We are not ashamed of the gospel. Many believers are ashamed of the gospel. They hesitate to share their faith. And because they, they don't encounter Jesus frequently, and they don't experience a supernatural power in their lives, they have nothing to say to, your, to their friends. But if we are living that supernatural power, we will be able to share our story to the people around us. People are desperate. We live in a time of desperation, loneliness, divided families, abuse, addiction, fear, pain, agony. This is our time. This is our time. The harvest is plentiful because the world are suffering much more than ever before. And we have, we have Christ. We have Christ. We have Christ. Together they proclaim the gospel. Jesus didn't send anyone alone. Even with only 12 with him, he sent them two by two. When they are seven, send them two by two. Never alone, never alone. Because if I'm, 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 I'm being used by God alone, I will take part of the glory. Because it's about me. Me and the Lord, it's okay. Me and God doing a good job. So I am in the picture. But if we, we are doing this together, not only one single church, this is why in Egypt you are gathering the churches together. It's not about KDEC. It's not about Kasrud Dubara. It's not about me as the past at all. It's not me. It's not me. It's we. We. When we are together proclaiming the gospel, God will intervene. God will do his job to open the door and to change lives. And then God will take it, take all the glory. Because it's not me. It's not me. I noticed that in many times, I'm trying to build my own ministry. I'm trying to build my own church. It's not my church. I'm the pastor, but it's not my church. <laughs> it's his church. I'm only just a servant. I'm here today, tomorrow I'm not here. So it's not my ministry, it's not my church. It's not my plan. It's not my kingdom. It's his. And we are together. Then we are building his kingdom, his glory. In the city, in the state, in the United States, in the whole world. It's much easier to be alone. It's much easier to work as one church. It's much easier because we have the same DNA, we have the same budget, we can plan for it. It's easy to be alone. It's easy to be alone. But the key word here, together. All together. With one heart, one accord, 
all together, we can see God's hands in a very unusual way. Are you alone? Is the church for you just a meeting you come and attend, or even a small group being discipled, or a ministry you do for Christ? Or the church for you is the family. His believers across the world, from every type, tribe and nation. And we want to be together. Not for a few minutes. We have to finish. It's time. I think, yes, I have to finish now. It's on. <laughs> Because we have to run. We have business to do. Or together. Let's stand up to pray. Do you believe in the word together? Are you doing your best to keep the spirit of unity? Are you part of the corporate prayer to pray with the church for God's glory? Do you believe that whatever we ask in his name for his glory, he will do it? He will do it. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We serve the Almighty God. Lord, open our eyes, open our hearts to be linked with one another again, to join our hands, to be your body incarnated in this time and place. And the power of love, the power of prayer, the power of your word would change the world around us. We'll bring America back to you. We'll bring the greatest harvest back to the Father's home. Thank you. Thank you. You are a great God. You are a wonderful Father. Our beloved Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, one of the things he said, I get, this is certainly not the most important thing he said, but I was grateful that he said it. Is he said, I'm Presbyterian. Here's why I said that. We have to be very careful. We have, we have very, what I would say, what Randy and I have said from the very beginning of this church, we, we love our doctrine and theology. We have very robust, deep, rich theology. We have to be very careful to not let our theology be a, a smokescreen for what the power of God can do. 
Now, what does it look like for Perimeter Church to believe God, and you hear me say this a lot, to believe God for him to do what only he can do? This is coupled with the great mystery of the sovereignty of God. That God, when we, when we start talking about things like signs and wonders and miracles, um, God is calling us to believe he is still very much doing that. And if you could have sat with Dr. Samuel these last couple of days, as myself and a few others had the privilege to do, uh, due to time this morning and to the fact that we're live streaming and the sensitivity of the stories, if you heard the stories of things that they have seen God do in Egypt and throughout the Middle East, you would be absolutely amazed. God is still very much in the business of signs and wonders and miracles. It's coupled with the mystery of the sovereignty of God. God will heal some and others he won't. And that's not our business. Our business is to pray crazy prayers and let God be the sovereign God that he is, longing to bring his kingdom in ways that stretches our faith. I think that God claps for our theology. Perhaps he doesn't for our faith. He says, you know the right things to say, Perimeter Church. You know the right things to believe, Perimeter Church. But are you being filled with a spirit such that you are going places you normally wouldn't go, saying things you normally wouldn't say, doing things you normally wouldn't do, and risking things you normally wouldn't risk? And I haven't said this one yet, but after this morning I will. And are we praying things we normally wouldn't pray? And saying, oh God, would you do what only you can do unto your glory and your glory alone. I love one of the things that Pastor Sama said. He said, uh, what we can't do by our hands, we can do by our knees or on our knees. He, um, he said together, he didn't say it, the scriptures say it time and time again. What unites us, what does bring us together? It's this table. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the great joy and power of meeting brothers and sisters in Christ from Egypt two days ago. And in two days, us immediately, not just two days, within a couple of hours, we are experiencing fellowship one uh, together, although we don't have much in common in terms of our cultures. We have the blood of Jesus in common. And there was immediate union between us as we spent these few days together. What brings us together? It's the blood of Jesus. Uh, brothers and sisters, listen. One of the things that needs to happen for renewal to happen is repentance. And we need to repent that we've been off on side trails arguing about things that don't matter while the blood of Jesus unites us. We have to repent, we have to repent that we have made the kingdom of God more about our comfort in this country than we have about him and what he longs to do. You've been listening to the Perimeter Church Sermon Podcast. Perimeter Church is located at the corner of Highway 141 and Old Alabama Road in Johns Creek, Georgia. Please visit our website at www.perimeter.org for more information, to give us your feedback, and to find other sermons from our teaching team. 
Thanks for making this podcast a part of your day.